Wade um, mentioned uh, that one of the challenges uh, in, in America is um, in, in planting churches uh, that we have to wrestle as we're pushing ahead um, with gospel ministry, that that, that means that, that some uh, church plants, for various reasons, uh, may not continue. And, um, and Pete and Hans have really kindly uh, decided to share with us a little bit about their story of um, the lessons that they have learned in closing down um, church plants over the next, uh, or over the last 12 months, isn't that right? Yeah, yeah so um, thank you very much, guys, for, for doing um, this interview. Um, give us a little bit um, about the context um, for both of you in terms of uh, where you were planting, how you started, what you were looking to achieve. Sure. Um, my name's Pete. Uh, we, we started a church in 2009 uh, in sort of the Macquarie area. Our brief was to try and reach people who wouldn't normally walk into a church building. And so we started uh, meeting actually in a shopping centre, um, and it was Macquarie Shopping Centre, if you know it. Uh, we, started, we only started with about 16 people, uh, and that was in 2009. By about, uh, our sort of trajectory was up to about 2015, we're up to around 80, 90, which was okay. Uh, but then 2000, uh, that was, yeah, towards the end of 2015, um, we just lost a lot of people. Uh, not, there was nothing particularly uh, upsetting or anything, they just uh, all decided to move at different times. Uh, and that, that really devastated us. We were down to about uh, 20 or so. Uh, and, and really, when it comes to closing a church, one of the things you've got to look at is, are you paying your bills? Uh, we yeah. looked at it and went, we don't have the number of people to do that, and we don't have the momentum to do that as well. So that's just a little... That's sort of why we came yeah. to that decision. Yeah. So we closed uh, last year around Easter time. So, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. And Hans, for yourself? So, yeah, we uh, planted in 2009. Uh, it was a church called Resolve. We were planting a theologically, this is the original region, a theologically <laughs> conservative, culturally liberal inner city church reaching out to musos and artists. With this. Yeah, so that, you got that. Uh, <laughs> so you got that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so we, we were going really niche. So we planted in Newtown and um, we're trying to reach a bunch of people who are really cynical and that kind of thing. So we grew pretty quickly at the start. So we started actually only with six, which is bad. But anyway, we started only with six and we grew to about 70 within a year. Yeah. And, um, and so do you want me to talk about why? When, um, well, yeah. I, yeah, yeah sure. I mean, I reckon we're, we're here yeah. to, um, uh, you know, I mean, you guys have done heaps of thinking, heaps of writing, heaps of processing. What, what are some of the things that you think contributed um, yeah. to uh, getting to that point? So I, I think three things. Bad, uh, a bad start, bad luck, and bad decisions, basically. So, uh, <laughs> so, so I'll take you through those. So, so bad start. I, I think one of the things that I... I was hearing all the stories from America. And, so a lot of, uh, and there's a lot of good stories. But one of, the, one of the narratives that came out was, oh, you know, you've just got to ha- be the right kind of tough person to plant a church with a small group of people, don't worry about funds, just go out there and do it. So that's what we did. So we didn't, we didn't raise any yeah. money. We got some money from a church that, that I was a student minister at. Yeah. Um, so there's that. I think we started too small with too few people. And yeah. um, so there was that. And I think we started with the wrong people. I think the, the people we attracted 
were hurting people who were frustrated with church. And the reason yeah. why we attracted those people was because I sold it as this is going to be d- different from the normal church, yeah. which is just not true. Uh, we were preaching, we believed the Bible, all those kind of things, were, mm. which were the same as every other church. And so there was that. And the 70 people we got, the, the people that were coming in, were that kind of really hurting, frustrated with church, giving church their, their yeah. last shot. So, so bad start, bad luck. So... Uh, within a year, uh, after about a year, Dad got cancer, yeah, and 18 yeah. months later, uh, he passed away. Yeah, yeah. And so, one of the things that was hard about that was my my heart was breaking, yeah. and there was there was significant conflict within the church, and um, and so it's hard to do heart work with your own heart breaking. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. and so that that was hard. You know, he mm. he was in Maury, I was in Sydney. So I think there were about five times within that year mm. that I got a call from the doctor saying, "Look, he's got forty eight hours. Come up." Yeah, and yeah. so I'll go up, drop everything, you know, and yeah, go back forth. Yeah. So that, so that that was hard. Yeah, the bad luck thing, and this is a good thing, right? But it's still bad luck for us. Um, it, we just had some really well thought out guys plant churches around us. Yeah, yeah, and that's a yeah, great yeah. thing, right? Yeah, but yeah, that yeah. meant that we didn't, for I think the past, for the last four years, we didn't have a solid Christian walk in the door pretty much yeah. and say, I want to stay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so th- that was just yeah, bad luck. Yeah, yeah. Bad decisions. Look, I made some yeah. bad decisions with, um, with leaders that I, that I put mm. in. Um, I, I've got a high threshold for pain. Yeah. And so one of the physical, things, physical, mental, <laughs> emotional, everything. Yep. <laughs> and one of the things that I did, unfortunately, was I, I would be thinking winning means that they, this person reaches their potential and they're like this. Yeah. But really, I, I just should have been cool with losing a lot. Yeah. And so yeah. I thought, should have just went, hey, yeah. you know what? This Bible study isn't going to work. You know, this person's going to work. That kind of thing. And just yeah. lovingly said, hey, it's not going to work. Yeah. Hans, okay. Hans yep. can, you, can you dig in just a, a little bit? And then I want to throw to Pete as well, because both of you guys um, had significant leadership challenges and, and conflict. Um, maybe actually we can go to Pete first. Sure. Um, and uh, uh, dig into that a little bit for us. What was that like for you? And then, and then we'll fire back to Hans. Yeah, I think one of the reasons, so I, I mentioned that uh, one of the things we had, we didn't, uh, we kind of lost our momentum towards the end, we just didn't have enough steam, and I think one of the reasons for that was, in our second year, uh, we, we uh, for various reasons, we were uh, instructed to put in, a, in place an eldership board, uh, and I put in guys I thought were okay, uh, but the problem with a church plant is, you need to put in people who have good character, but you don't have time to see their character. And so yeah. there's a bit of a risk that you're playing there. And I, I played the risk and lost. Yeah. So uh, I guess the first me- the second meeting we had, it was I should have twigged to it when they were starting to work out how do we take power away from you. Uh, and then by Easter, we'd had a really bad uh, pastoral fallout and they'd taken the side of the other people. And, wow. um, and then that had just got really ugly and bad uh, until the point uh, of December, uh, where throughout this time they were trying to work out how to sack me. Yeah. And then by December had said, if you don't resign, we're leaving and we're taking half the church. And I said, I think that's a good idea that you go, because I've been trying to actually yeah, get you to yeah, go yeah. for a while. And I don't think I'd realise how, um, how much... I knew that, that we, we tried to heal as a church... I don't think I realised for a couple of years how much that affected me as a leader um, and how uh, particularly gun-shy I had become at setting clear, bold vision and talking to people about um, hard issues that they needed to repent from because I was just cut up and bruised from all of that. And so that's that's one of the reasons why we lost that momentum. So, yeah. 
Yeah, and, and ha- because that, that challenge, isn't it, of um, having to work with what you've got, looking at character, having a short period of time, it's all really tough. Yep. I think most church planters in the room will have that. Was, was that what it was like for you in terms of um, looking at raising up leaders? Was that, was that part of the source of it, or was it just a conglomerate of things, Hans? Uh, the, our problems with the leadership. So our problems with the leadership, I think, started with, once again, we, we were going, who have we got, right? Yeah, yeah. Right in front of us. And I think um, just because a person is a, is a good leader, that doesn't mean they're going to be a good leader for your church. Yeah. So if they yeah. can get a, they can mobilise a group of people, um, that's great, right? They, they've got the skills, they've got the charisma, all that kind of stuff. But if they're mobilising it for the wrong things, that, that, yeah. that's not good, right? So we had, we had uh, one person in particular, um, very talented guy, um, very capable with people, very capable musically and a whole bunch of things that um, just did that. So there was one instance where we had to um, uh, bring him up on church discipline, basically, for, for doing something inappropriate. And, um, uh, and, and this is around the time of Dad getting sick and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, he um, just... Caused issues really, so, yeah. so so got a got a group of people around him, and uh, said to, and said to me, he was actually an elder at the time too, and one of the things he kept bringing up in elder, elder uh, meetings was that one of the one of the reasons why the seventy is going down to sixty and so forth is because my preaching is not where it needs to be, and I yeah. think he was right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so yeah. very hard to preach when your heart is breaking. But I just finished this, yeah, yeah. and yeah. I, I think one of the things same with with Pete. That I was so, I got out of that battered, bruised, gun shy, and I think I didn't get that back until yeah. I went to counseling and dealt with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, how, like, how long did it take? Because, Hans, uh, I went to, I think it was in the shoot in 2011, you shared, um, like, Multiply 2011, you shared some of the challenges, maybe, is that right? Along with Dave, David Lynch? With yeah. Eldership. Oh, about eldership. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. And you know, so I, I know a little bit of the backstory, but 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 what did you do? Uh, you know, from that point, and this is a question for both of you. Um, what did you do from that point? How did that play out? So I realized. So so Dad passed away middle of 2012. About a month later, I figured out what we need to do with the church, a bunch of things, and I thought the first thing is the unfortunately, bec- not only because of of the way of where these guys were at, but also the way I led them. Yeah. I, 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 need, I can't say this is wrong. I, I figured out that the eldership needed to go. And what I did then is just wait for opportunities where I, I could say, oh, man, that's going to be tough. So one, so one guy said, hey, the guy who was causing trouble said, I don't trust you. I said, mate, you've got to trust me to be you know, at this church because I'm a pastor. And I said, mate, you've got to yeah. figure out whether you can trust me. Another guy was doing some further study. I said, mate, I'm not sure you can do further study mm. and still do this. It's going to be really hard. And I really played it how hard it's going to be. With, And he just came to me two weeks later, that kind of thing. So yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. I yeah. didn't have hard conversations <laughs> said, well, you've got to go, right? Yeah. But yeah. I had conversations where I was like, man, I'm not sure you can do that. Yeah. So. What about for you, Pete? Um, what do we do from that? Yeah, point yeah. From, from from that point, how did that un, unfold? What was that like for you um, as a leader? Uh, I think there were I think there were really three areas where because there was a great amount of trauma that took place in the church. And I think there were three areas that really needed healing, and one was the church itself, 
Uh, one was, the second one was the individuals in the church, and we, we, I sat down, I met with each one, and I said, this is what's happened, do you want to ask me questions, do you want to, you know, what do you want to know? I needed to work out, um, I needed to repent of certain things, because I, I, there were certain things along the way that I did badly, and I needed to learn from that. Uh, but I, like I said, I think the other thing was uh, I needed to, to heal, and, um, and I don't think I did that particularly well, yeah. but... Um, but, yeah, that, we took a, a year. The problem with it was uh, none of the church then trusted the idea of eldership again. And so every time I went to a, a point, you know, a kind of a, a board of things, I just had guys coming up to me going, if you do that, I'm leaving. Like, we, we did this before, and I could tell that that meant the church was still hurting in yeah. response to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I found it really helpful when Greg Lee shared that his leadership style was largely, uh, or not largely, but one of the things was context mm. and what's going on, you know, and it sounds as though we're hearing that now, right? Yeah. Context of, of people, context of personal, like, like really grave personal um, situations and whatever as well. Um, so it's, it's helpful to reflect on that. Give us, give us a little bit of a, an idea about people and dynamics. Pete, you, you said that the area that you were in, there was a lot of transition and a lot of things that were going on there. Um, just speak into that a little bit for us. Yeah, so uh, I was near a university, and so um, the, the majority of people that we saw become Christian were from overseas. They were overseas students. So a lot of them would come in become Christian, we'd you know, establish them in the faith and then they'd go back to their countries and we'd try and establish them with uh, their, um, their, their churches back there. Uh, we also, but we did have a lot of people who came in uh, a little bit like hands, they were kind of, oh, we weren't really happy with traditional church, this looks something like a bit new, a bit fun, whatever. And then uh, what would happen is that they'd be with us for a couple of years and they'd go, oh, this is really hard. And then uh, and we go, well, that's what church is. They, uh, they go, oh, we, what we, we just want to go to a church where you can just sit there and do nothing. And I'm going, I don't think that's a biblical understanding of church. Uh, but um, unfortunately, yeah, there are a lot of churches around our area where that can become, yeah. you can have people yeah, yeah. sitting there. And I don't, I, I, I don't think the people, the leaders of those church think that's a good biblical model of church, but that's just the way it kind of worked out. So we had a lot of people flow through our church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hans? Sorry, what was your question? <laughs> uh, it was to do with just that people dynamic. You know, you, you picked up on um, how maybe you said you started bad, right? Uh, I might not use that word. Uh, but in terms of um, as you, you know, you went, look, we started bad. But then obviously you got up to around about 70. There was something about the context and the people um, in that time that, that also impacted and contributed. Um, what was that? Or how did that yeah, work? So, so I think... I could talk about the people that came, and, and, and I, I don't think the people that I... So I'm at a different church in, in so many different ways, but I'm encountering the same people. Yeah, they just yeah. dress differently, and yeah. they you know, don't spend all their money on coffee and that kind of thing. So, um, <laughs> and, and so, um, so they're still hurting, they're still broken, and that kind of thing. I think, I think what might be more helpful for this is the way I've changed with dealing with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think one of the things that I saw... What, what I see when I look back, I, I grew up sporting, playing basketball a lot, and I was always motivated by the angry coach. Yeah, and so yeah. I realized that I, I motivated, I preached as an angry coach when I was looking back. And yeah. so yeah. I transitioned to about three years ago to a, to a person, uh, I, this is going to sound really stupid, but I rediscovered how 
Amazing Grace was. Yeah. And so yeah. then out of my ministry, I started uh, emphasizing grace, joy, and hope. And I think mm. with those 70, if I started there, the yeah. church would still, go, would still be going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think what they were after was not something, uh, not this angry guy who said, you know, you need to get to, you know, whatever, and have these hard conversations. They mm. needed someone who presented, reminded them of this grace, this joy, yeah. this hope. And that through their, even though through their brokenness they can have a hope for the future, which gives joy yeah. now. And be, even though they screwed up and they feel ostracized from church, there's grace to cover yeah, those things. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, I don't think the people I saw in Newtown are different from Macquarie, where I'm at now. I think Macquarie, you can just hide it a bit more. Yeah. Mas, uh, you, know, you know, in Newtown, you just show it a lot more. And so, I guess that's what I would, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we do want to get to the lessons learned because you guys have been reflecting on this a lot, and and I know when we've been chatting before, I came away with just a, in one sense, a real sense of hope as I chatted to you guys, um, and then and then mixed with fear, <laughs> sitting in our context as well, um, but. But, you know, there's many, many things that I've learned from you guys already and some things that I think would be really helpful for us to hear as well. So, Pete, what are some things that you have learned through um, closing down SOMA? Uh, I think the first thing, the first thing is a practical thing. Um, I think one of the, the key things that led to our demise, so to speak, actually, I want to say failure because I want to say we... We set out to plant a church that would be a church planting church, and we didn't do that. It's a failure, yeah. and I'm not afraid to use that word. I'll come back to that in a moment. Yeah. But it was because of the conflicts that were involved, and because I allowed that conflict to go for so long, mm. and I thought, I can save this. Like, I, 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 just, I, I just kept thinking, you know, if we just sit down around the Bible, I can save this, I can save this. Uh, and what we really needed was a grievance policy that kind of set the rules of engagement. And when you start a church, you think, oh, we're good. We all love each other. It's all about love. There's not going to be any any problems. But don't underestimate the total depravity of the human heart. Uh, and put a grievance policy in place now uh, so that when, the, when the, the conflicts come up, they will come up. You've at least got the rules of engagement of how long is this going to happen, what's going to be the, the result, all those sort of things are set before the conflict takes place. Because we were trying to establish those rules of engagement as the conflict took place, mm-hmm. and that was a disaster. The second thing is um, uh, to not be afraid of failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think uh, one of the great dangers in... Uh, I, I work in the Sydney Anglican system... I think one of our uh, great temptations is that we fall into a justification by ministry. Uh, And so we are not justified by our ministry, we are justified by faith. So I can stand here and say, my church plant failed, but I still stand before Jesus. I'm not not afraid to do that, because it's it's not... What what happened there isn't connected to my salvation standing. Mm -hmm. I know I have to answer to Jesus for what I've done as a minister, but uh, we must never forget... That we are saved by faith, not by our ministry. Yeah, yeah that's good. Uh, just following on from that, I, I read a great book uh, last year that really helped me deal with closing down the church. And it was a secular book. It was called Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. And he talks about how ego is the enemy when you start, when you're successful, and when you fail. And uh, just he, he basically said that a lot of things need to break right for you to be really successful. 
And you only need a few things to break wrong for you to be a failure. And I thought that was actually really helpful for me. But yeah. I, th- I think some of the lessons, I think the first thing is self-care. My, my ministry is an overflow of my relationship with Jesus and my health. And so, you know, like um, it was only in the past probably 18 months that, you know, I'm going to the gym, read my Bible and pray. I get up uh, and do that. And that's my priority so much so that I will cancel meetings and skimp on sermon time, believe it or not, to actually take care of myself. Yeah. And I've yeah. got more energy and I think I'm doing more in less time because yeah, of that. Yeah. Second of all, I, I think um, I, I didn't realize how much of a people pleaser I was until I, I started in church, hmm. and, uh, you know, uh, planning the church. And so dealing with my people pleasing tendencies and realizing that um, if, if the world hates me, Jesus still loves me. And, and that's that. I've got to be fine with that. And getting that on a heart level is really mm. important. Um, and I think I'm mostly there. And I think the, the last one is to have a good, fierce conversation, to have a good conversation yeah. where you put truth on the table in a loving and helpful way. And, and those two are connected, aren't yeah. they? The, the people-pleasing, yeah. the ability to have, like, just have those tough conversations. And, and Pete, it was slightly diff- you had a slightly different story about personal care um, during that sure. time. I, I reckon it's helpful to hear that. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm a little bit older than Hans, so I did a lot of stupid things when I was younger, so I've learned from my mistakes. <laughs> uh, it's all right. When you're my age, you'll be able to say this as well. But I think, when, uh, I think <laughs> yeah. one of the things I did do was actually I was... I, I, that I got right was I actually did uh, dedicate myself to uh, Bible reading and prayer every day and just that discipline mm. of... Um, praying for my people, um, spending time in God's word, reminding myself I'm justified by faith, not by ministry, that yes, uh, persecution, even fr- the sheep bite, as um, Al Stewart says repeatedly, um, <laughs> that you've got to keep all of that in mind and to hear that from God's word. Uh, actually, I think that's what kept me uh, going, kept me in ministry, kept me following Jesus yeah, through all yeah. of that. Uh, guys, we didn't really touch on this, but can you just tell me something about the challenge of fierce conversations and in terms of, um, yeah, the, the difficulty. I think it's helpful for us to hear because both of you have talked about conflict. Um, yeah, what are the challenges in having those tough conversations with people? Uh, I, I am a people pleaser. Like, I, am, I, I knew that. I am, you know, right down that end of the scale. Um, and the problem with people pleasers is we think... We're really godly, right? Because we think we're doing, uh, you know, we're putting other people's needs before ours and we, you know, we dress it all up like that. But really, it's an idolatry of the self is what it comes down to. And so when you have those, you, you kind of go, I don't want to have the upset people. Uh, I want to hear them and I'll gently kind of move them across that sort of thing. But what I learned through the conflict was that was incredibly unloving. And what I really needed to do as a leader and as a pastor, as someone who is responsible for the souls of my people, that I needed to actually be clear about what the Bible was saying. I needed to be clear about what I was expecting. I I mean, I needed to listen as well. I wasn't going to go, we need to be dictators. But actually, the loving thing to do is to to have those hard conversations. Um, Interestingly, I had one recently, and I, I usually I kind of go, "How are you going? What's going on?" You know, and I, instead I just went, I, "I'm just going to go straight to this guy." I said, "Here is the problem. This is what's going to happen." And he said, "Okay." 
I said, here is why, da 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 He said, mate, that was really helpful. Thank you very much. And, you know, being clear and direct was actually much more loving yeah. um, for him. And that, yeah, that, that was one that didn't blow up my face. But there are ones where you do that and it just blows up in your face and sometimes yeah. you've got to ask for forgiveness and that's just part of how it yeah. works. Yeah, I think uh, the, the problem with people pleasing is you've got to keep pleasing people for it to work, right? Yeah. And it's impossible. <laughs> it's and, a cycle. Uh, <laughs> and, and so if you start pleasing somebody and you automatically stop, they'll be frustrated. And it's not be- mm. that's not their fault, that's mine yeah, yeah, yeah. because I've set it up. Yeah. Um, I, needed to re- I needed to take my emotions out of the... I'm a very emotional person. Yeah. And so I needed to have a conversation in the moment where, where I'm not like mm. fully amped up. And so I, I developed a system, I read a bunch of stuff, and basically I, I asked the person, help me understand your side of the story. Yeah, yeah. Me, let's talk about the facts, our feelings, and the way forward. And so yeah, when, yeah, I, when I yeah. go through that, and I, I, I have that conversation both with uh, uh, truth-telling conversations which are hard and which are good, right, yeah, yeah, all the yeah, time. So yeah. I had that conversation like six times. I think that kind of framework just allows me to have that good conversation yeah. well. Guys, one of the things that's been really encouraging is you both are um, in different ministry contexts now. Very quickly, uh, before we go to some wrap-up questions, very quickly, tell us, tell us a little bit about that, um, where you're working now. And, um... uh, I'm, I work, uh, I'm working for an Anglican church up in Normanhurst, which is sort of if you're driving out of Sydney and you're heading up the north uh, central coast uh, to the Mecca of EV, then you pass our church along the way. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm there as an assistant minister. My main role yeah. is um, overseeing the preaching and teaching program uh, across the church. What was yeah, the other question great. you want to know? Has it changed? Has it... No, no, no. I think, I think that's it. I think it's just really helpful for us to hear that as part of the context that you're currently plugged in yeah. there. Um, going well? Uh, yeah, it is going well. It's a very, very different church. Uh, you know, coming from a smaller church, uh, we're about 550 adults. Uh, and so, you know, I don't know everyone. I don't know all the pastoral problems. That's just a new thing for me. Um, I, it is a church where I, I've come from a church where people last two or three years at the most. Uh, at this church, um, we have grandparents in the morning, uh, their children in uh, the later service, and then their grandkids at night. Like, there are people who just don't move. They, they move into the area, and then they're there for good until Jesus comes back, right? So um, <laughs> there, there, are, there are just generations and generations yeah. of people who stay in that church, and uh, it's doing some really... Uh, God is doing some really amazing things there, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing yeah. what His Spirit will continue to do in the next uh, couple of years, yeah. Wonderful. Uh, I'm at Marsfield Community Church, which is near Macquarie Uni. I think, Pete, you, you, you guys actually used the building for a while. So, um, so uh, the year before, the two years before Resolve finished up, because we were financially under the pump, I was preaching anywhere for money, right? And um, <laughs> so, pretty much. And so uh, I preached there 15 times last year. Uh, theologically, uh, you know, we were on the same page and a bunch of other things and they needed a pastor. So basically it, yeah. it's worked out. And, and basically, can I say, one of the things I've learned in the past three months, I've only been there three months, is the sovereignty of God. Because um, I don't usually close my eyes during the singing, but when I started there, I did just because it was so bad. And, um, <laughs> and there was all these problems that, that, that were problems with it, right? Yeah. And we're changing things. The music has improved so much because all I'm going around is going, I believe in you, I believe in you, you're doing a great job, all this kind of stuff, and people are lifting. (laughs) The funny thing is this. 
we were doing so much better, more strategic, more intentional ministry at Resolve, and we couldn't get above 25 to 30. In three months, with a service that is nowhere near where it needs to be, we have grown from 60 to 104. Yeah. And, and so that, that, that is the sovereignty of God at work. And so one of the myths I think you can get, and I don't think uh, Geneva perpetuates this, but I believe this, that if I only think strategically and I do the right things, my church will grow. And, you know, we're taking, we're taking uh, the sovereignty of God out of that. Mm. And we really mm. need to emphasize. That, that doesn't mean we don't try hard. That doesn't yeah. mean we don't think strategically I am and we yeah. are, but we move forward under the sovereignty of God. Yeah. Two things very quickly. Is there one piece of advice that you wished you would have listened to that someone gave you? Um, um, can, can I, can I, I'm a preacher, so can I steal two? Right, <laughs> Go for um, it. Go for it. Three. Why not? Why I'll not? start with me. And that. Uh, no, the first thing is, um, I guess, uh, for me, one of the things, if I had have gone back in time and talked to myself kind of thing, um, I usually talk to myself, but not back in time, <laughs> is... Um, you don't have a time machine. No, so. yeah, is... Um, Really go back to that, trust the Lord with all your heart and lead not on your own understanding. So I think if I had spent more time trying to run the church in a way that pleased Jesus rather than trying to please all these other people, if I actually kind of went, I will trust his way of doing things rather than going, if I can just hold it all together, it'll get there. If I trusted his way of doing things rather than um, you know, uh, just trying to make those pragmatic shortcuts... Um, we may have survived, I don't know, but that certainly, we, should have, we yeah. certainly would have had a much better tra- uh, church. Um, the second thing is, I think um, if, I, I, I guess I just want to say to people, some of you sitting in this room will plant churches and you will fail, and I want you to do that, because there are, we don't do it for ourselves, we do it for the glory of Jesus, and we do it because there are people out there who need to be saved from hell, yeah. And uh, so I don't want you to go out and plant a church so you'll be a success. Mm-hmm. I want you to go out and plant a church because people need to be rescued and God's name Amen. needs to be uh, needs to be glorified. I, I think uh, the, a few things looking back, I, I think em- working out that emphasis of grace, love and truth and motivating by grace yeah. and being, being a... You've got to be inspirational, but, but there's a way, a negative inspiration or a positive. I think you've got to be yeah. positive. I think that's the first thing. I, I, th- I think also uh, being able to have those hard, good conversations. Yeah. And the last thing I would say, and I don't know if Greg Lee's in the room, but, uh, but I had a conversation with him mm-hmm. the year before I planted, and he said, bro, you're not ready. You're not ready. And I wish mm-hmm. I listened to him because I think a couple of years under someone maybe sort of sorted some of those things out. I yeah. think Resolve maybe still running to this yeah, day. Yeah. 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 Guys, was it worth it? Yes. I mean, uh, I've come off pretty scarred and uh, our people have come off pretty scarred and, um, but that's, that's the Christian life is you, yeah. you, you, um, you, you give yourself, you pick up your cross and you follow Jesus. Um, I think, yeah, it was still... I mean, I looked at it on paper and I thought, this will work on paper. Didn't work in practice. Um, yeah. Yep. Um, still go plant churches. 
Hans? Absolutely. If I could get in a time machine and talk to the kid who wanted to plant a church, I would say, yes, go out there and do it, even if I knew he was going to go through all that. Because not only has God did eternally significant work through the resolve, and I don't think I'm going to really realize until I get to heaven, but the second thing is God used all the pain and hardship to shape me and be a better person. Hans, Pete. That's been awesome, guys. Thank you very much for the learning that we can do for you. Um...